Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, the Leinster Preview Edition. This week, joining me on the line, Alan Deegan. Hi, Rob. Hi, Alan. Big weekend. And boy, are Connick bouncing into this in fine fettle. Oh, they certainly are. They were they were hugely impressive in Ospreys, I have to say. Um, it was great to see them blooding so many young players. It was great that the, the defence was just outstanding. It's one of the best defensive displays I think I've ever seen them put on. We have a jam-packed show for our listeners, am I right? We do. We have results, we have fixtures, we have injury lists, we have re-signings that we've, have come out this week. Audio from Connacht and Leinster. I know, because William, folks, was on the road this week. He's not here with us front and centre on the start of the podcast but my word I think he did a lot more work than you or I managed this week actually when it comes to the podcast Alan that's for sure he was on his travels again back in Wales in the quickest turnaround in the history of Connacht Rugby he had to be back to Cardiff today yeah yeah huge turnaround and I think he had better weather this time though than we had at the weekend which was pretty dreadful I think right now our listeners at home are probably just going well what's happening this weekend so what we can tell you is later in the podcast myself and Alan will just try to be able to give you just a little bit of an idea of what to expect at the weekend as we set the scene for the game that's coming up later but before then let's hear from some of the key men involved we knew there was big news uh, this week on the signings front with Tiernan O'Halloran Sean O'Brien and Tom Farrell signing even bigger announced as we record today, earlier today on Wednesday, with the news that Jared Butler has signed on as well. He was over uh, representing Connacht as their captain at the launch of the Champions Cup, alongside Andy Friend and William Davis. Got a chance to uh, listen in to their interviews and have a chat to them. Jared, before we get on to Leinster, the news this morning that you've re-signed for Connacht, so uh, was that an easy decision? It was, yeah. I was really keen to stick around, um, and then Connacht approached and said they were they were keen to have me as well. So it was just a case of getting it sorted, really. And um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed my my first uh, two seasons going into this third season at, at Court Connacht and, and being part of Galway, and um, to be able to sign for another two seasons is is really exciting. You've really found a position there. You're uh, club captain. Um, and that's a role that you've grown into as well. But is there a feeling of contentment when you can make a decision like that, that you're not always looking over your shoulder wondering maybe is it better somewhere else? You seem to be settled now. Yeah, I guess so. Like um, we got it done pretty early as well. We we kind of we we started talking about it um, during the preseason, maybe a little bit before the preseason, um, because I uh, I was pretty comfortable and, and I was enjoying my time at Connex. And um, you know the first two seasons we've just been going, we've just been going from strength to strength, and um, and then again this year hopefully we can build that on on again. And that was something that I was excited about, and I and I definitely didn't want to leave. Uh, you know I feel like there's so much more opportunity here here at Connacht Rugby, and um, so yeah, that was a big part of it. And the fact that they were keen to keep me as well, it just made it all the easier. Andy Leinster at the Sports Ground Friday evening, interprovincial, full house. It's a big game. It is a big game. Uh, Leinster, as we all know, is is you know, one of the benchmark teams in Europe. Um, they won the Pro 14 last year. Uh, they'll have uh, Irish players back. Um, we welcome to the sports ground on Friday. It should be good. Will we have our Irish players back? We will. Yeah, we've got both Bundy and Jack available to play. Uh, we'll decide tomorrow which way we're going to go about that, but uh, they're certainly back and available. Do they deserve a go? You've had some good lads covering for them. It's a tough old call to tell a player, sorry, you're out. Yeah, I think one of the things we've done well as a, as a 
uh, coaching group this year. We have selected on form. Um, and we have got some players certainly in that uh, kind of fits in the in the ten jersey, and then you know the likes of Pete Robb, but also Tom Daly's done very well there. Um, Tom Farrell's done well in the thirteen jersey. Kyle Godwin's done very well in the thirteen jersey. So we, we've got real depth there in that uh, in that centre position. Um, young Connor Fitz, uh, an incredible shift he's put in. Uh, he's probably due a break. Um, but I'm also very respectful of returning World Cup players and, and saying, listen, the only reason you haven't been playing is because you've been at a World Cup for your country. So um, it's how we get the balance of that. Looking at the two games against Leinster last year, they came to the sports ground and were very professional and a game that Connacht really struggled to get involved with. Then at the RDS, Connacht ran the game for 65 minutes, maybe played their best rugby of the season, but still came out on the wrong side of the result. They're, are they a benchmark team? Do you have to look at them and say, well, actually, that's what we're trying to get to? Yeah, they are a benchmark team. And I, but I think we've, we've grown as a team. You know, we, we've already seen this year um, in our Cheetahs game, uh, we were behind by two scores with 10 minutes to go and we managed to, managed to get the win. And that's exactly what Leinster did to us at, at the RDS that time. They were down by three scores with 11 minutes to go and they managed to get the get the result we want to be that team we need to be that team if, if we're meant to beat you at the, at the, on the post well we'll beat you on the post but um, so I think we're developing as a team they certainly are the benchmark of Pro 14 um, you know the European Champions Cup finalists last year and winners the previous year so there's hardly a better team in Europe at the moment um, and every time you get to play them you know you've got to be on your best performance It's signing season. It seems to get earlier every year. We're only just into November and we're already starting to get clarity on who's going to be uh, signed up for Connick for 2020. But there was probably a certain amount of trepidation around the fact that Connick had a lot of players to sign. So it's great to get four in the bag this quick. Oh, it certainly is. And, and like four really important players. Um, you know, like I, I know Sean O'Brien's been injured, but I, I saw Andy Friend was talking today about the fact that he's one of the leadership group and it's very important to have a local guy um, being you know an integral part of the whole squad, um, to go along with mm. obviously Tiernan, who's who's um, the longest serving player I think, or he certainly has the most the, the most kind of caps um, out there at the moment, and then you know Jared Butler is a huge signing. Um, I think he's really fallen in love with Galway. Maybe not the weather, but I think he's fallen in love with everything else. Um, along with with Tom Farrell, who's who's been tearing it up while he's been on the pitch this year. It's not always people coming in that it's important it's keeping the guys that we've got I think it's just as important as, as bringing new players in but moving on because we are tight for time here is some more audio from Cardiff today at the launch just a few clips from uh, Leo Cullen and Johnny Sexton Europe is very very important to Leinster as is the Pro 14 so um, when can we expect maybe to see you back in action any chance we'll see you in Galway on Friday evening uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if that's Leo. Um, no, it's uh, Leo's got a tough job. Obviously, he's got to manage a lot of players that come from the Ireland system. So, um, we'll obviously be restricted uh, on game number of games through the season. So, how they manage it is is between him and you know Andy Farrell. And uh, so, I'm not sure whether it'll be this week or the week after. Um, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a juggling act, you know, through the 
Pro 14 uh, to a certain extent, and uh, you know, but we're just looking forward to getting back in blue, whether it's this week or next week. Uh, looking forward to getting back in, in with the Leinster lads and uh, trying to drive things on. The players are trying to drive each on each other on all the time. Um, you know, some guys have gone well during this period. Um, we've tried to make assessments on what we've seen, you know, away at the World Cup and how guys present uh, physically, mentally when they come back in. So um, most guys have been back in training at some point um, this week. So. Uh, make some calls going into the weekend what's best for the group this week um, we know it's going to be an unbelievable challenge going down to Galway um, not necessarily the happiest of hunting grounds for us it's you know in terms of the atmosphere crowd the opposition Connacht the way they get, rise up for this game in particular um, so it's going to be a great test for our guys um, where we're at mentally and physically so which is the ideal preparation what you want leading into Europe anyway so um against obviously Treviso we're going to be hugely motivated because um, they're <clears throat> first time they've actually qualified by right for the for the tournaments and uh, then we've Lee on the week after so um, yeah it's a really exciting block of games for us um, and yeah some tough calls for us to make as coaches um, lots of things to reflect upon um, but you know like it's it's that's a it's a positive there are positive uh, dilemmas to have and just looking at the Interpros this year, I suppose, and the European games, New Ireland management in place. So they're going to be scouring these games looking. So it's, it's a real opportunity for players who are, I suppose, players who are already in the squad have got to keep their, want to keep their positions. But these guys on the fringes have an opportunity um, to show Ireland what they can do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, there's nothing quite like, you know, in terms of competition, it helps drive performance overall. So, um yeah, with us, we'll be competitive. Everyone wants to get picked for Leinster because they want to go on and get picked for Ireland as well. And as always, with audio we have from post-game or from press conferences, we put up a fuller version of it on our Patreon site. So if you want to indulge a little bit more in what was said uh, over in Wales in terms of uh, from the Leinster perspective or the earlier audio from Connacht, log on to patreon.com. Uh, Craggy Rugby there site and if you feel like it too become a member we really appreciate all our supporters there they all make a huge difference to what we do so keep that up moving on William Davis was a busy man well look he was he had time while he was waiting for flights Alan we, we were right to ask him to do a bit more work weren't we mm-hmm, absolutely there he is with the results from last week Round five of the Guinness Pro 14 has been completed and here are the results. On Friday, November the 1st, Glasgow Warriors 50, Zebra nil. Leinster 50, Dragons 15, Ulster 22, Zebra 7. And four games played on Saturday, November the 2nd. Scarlet 17, Cheetahs 13, Benetton 18, Edinburgh 16, Ospreys 10, Connacht 20, Cardiff Blues 23, Munster 33. So let's have a look at the conference tables now and see where that leaves us. In Conference A, Leinster are the only side with a 100% record in the competition. They've won 5 out of 5, 4 bonus points, and they top Conference A on 24 points. Ulster are 4 wins, 1 loss, with 3 bonus points, 19 points. In third place are the Cheetahs with three wins, two losses, five bonus points on 17. Glasgow Warriors are two wins and three losses with two bonus points, 10 points. They're in fourth. 
In fifth place are the Dragons with two wins, three losses, one bonus point, nine points. In sixth place are the Ospreys, one win, four losses, one bonus point, five points. And in seventh and last place in Conference A are Zebra with no wins, five losses, two bonus points for two points. In Conference B, Munster with four wins and one loss and four bonus points lead the table on 20 points. Connacht are second with the same record, four wins, one loss, three bonus points on 19. The Scarlets are in third with four wins and a loss and one bonus point on 17. Edinburgh are in fourth with three wins, two losses, three bonus points, 15. Fifth place, Benetton, two wins, three losses, three bonus points, 11 points. The Cardiff Blues are in sixth with one win, four losses, two bonus points, six points. And the Southern Kings are seventh in last in Conference B with no wins, five losses, two bonus points, and that's their two points. All right, injury update time. And for that, we're going to just go to you, Alan. You've done the uh, little bit of digging just to find out what the latest is. What is the latest on the injury front? It's still big, isn't it? It's not as bad as it looks, although there was a, we, we picked up a oh. couple at the at the weekend. Dalton Delan is doubtful for the Leinster game. He's got a, a back spasm. Uh, actually, I remember in the game, I, at one stage, just after we scored, someone went flying across the field. I was going, wow, what was that? And I couldn't quite see who it was live because the, the game moved on. But when I back, watched it back, it was Dalton Delan who took a terrible smack in the back by, from one of the Ospreys players as he was sort of you know, trying to protect the ball carrier um, as the ball came down. Mm. So it was. Um, hopefully, it's it's not going to be too bad. So he was the he was the major one from the the weekend. Um, but on the so the long term ones, Paddy McAllister is out until mid January. Tiernan O'Halloran is out till mid January. That was originally meant to be in in um, Christmas time, but it's now gone out to mid January. And Gavin Thornbury is also out um, till mid January. So they're the they're the longer term ones. Owen McKeown is due back in a, in a few weeks, hopefully by the end of November. Uh, Quinn Rue looking to be back in two to three weeks. Um, and Shane Delahunt could be back next week or the week after, so they're not so bad. Uh, and then on the good the good news front, Sean O'Brien's available for this weekend, as is Matt Healy, who's recovered from his back spasm. Uh, Colby Fainga is available, which is really good news from the back row front. And Finley Bealham is back. We weren't expecting him quite so soon, so that's great news. So... Not quite as bad as it's been. No, uh, we were kind of looking and looking deeper into some of the matchups at the weekend, and I was having a chat with some contacts in Leinster and just seeing their take on it. And one of the areas they'll be interested to see how Leinster do and what they feel is going to be a big step up from what they've seen so far, despite their brilliant start to the campaign, is going to be the tight five battle. And while Connacht will be confident that they have a front row to match anyone, the the second row par is going to be a concern now with three second rows out. Yeah, like 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 two Ireland second rows and, and a man who was called up to the Ireland squad last year and Gavin Thornby and who was playing out of his skin. So, but uh, it's it's opportunities for Killian Gallagher as you mentioned earlier on. Joe Maximew had a had a an imposing game we can say in in, in the Ospreys, um, where he he threw himself about a bit. So there's some numbers and I, I believe they're talking about Niall Murray who was Ireland under twenty last year getting possibly coming into the into the fold as well. So. It, it'll be a younger second row than we'd be used to but having said that they still stole four lineouts at the weekend so 
that's going to be uh, fascinating to see if they can keep that sort of thing going. Listeners will forgive us for not speculating too much on who's going to play because by the time they listen to this podcast, it's just uh, the week that's in it is going to be out on Thursday and obviously the team will be announced around lunchtime. So we don't want to be dancing around too much on that. But we know already from uh, earlier in the week that Andy Friend confirmed that Jack Carty and Bundyaki will be back. You know, and that'll be one area where we might just delve, delve into speculation a little bit. We could be seeing Carty back into full starting lineup, maybe even as early as this weekend, with Aki having some involvement as well. Both are going to be a great presence to have. Both have to work hard though, because in Connor Fitzgerald's case, he's put in a great case to at least push Jack Carty, anyways, as a backup. And you know, from Bundy Aki's perspective, I mean, he's going to have to be right at his very best because the form of Peter Robb and Tom Farrell has been outstanding, really, hasn't it? Yeah, and Kyle Godwin while he was there <laughs> uh, before he, he of sort of had a had a bit of a break. But yeah, I'm looking at you know you look at Young Fitzgerald. I'm assuming he'd be getting a break anyway because that's five full games in a row and he's only 22. So yeah. um, you'd like yeah. to think that no we bring Carthy yeah. straight back in. But yeah, Bundy has a bit of a fight in his hand because Peter Robb. Oh, some of the hits he put in last weekend were just. There's one in particular that's yeah. that's up on Twitter where you can see his face. Just he's there's a smile on his face as he knows he's going to be able to make one of the biggest hits he's ever done. Um, and maybe they're being inspired by, by they were sort of Bundyaki-style hits where they were pure power and abs, ab, perf, perfectly Technique timed, well. beautiful technique, smashing them out of there. And it, it was one of the, the highlights of the game for me was was the quality of the defending. Earlier in the day, South Africa had shown that rugby really is a simple game when it comes down to it. If you win the, um, the battle of the game line, you're going to win the game. If you win the scrummage to go with that, you're definitely going to win the game. And Connacht did both, or did certainly did one at the weekend. The scrum had its issues, but um, it certainly won the battle of the game line all day. And if they can keep that sort of thing going, it'll be fascinating to see how Leinster deal with that. Leinster have used 33 players so far. Connacht have used 35. 35 is that yeah. right? 35. They've they the 13 players who were away at the World Cup. There's some of them coming back. You could probably definitely envisage the likes of Luke McGrath involved, Reese Ruddock to start with and then we'll see from there but they built a good team around the likes of just you know uh, low Fardy Bend players like that and then all these young players who just are causing lots of uh, reasons to be excited in Leinster Harry Byrne obviously now brother Ross is is shining pretty well there in the out half position and, and just throughout the, throughout the back line there's just loads and loads of talent so I mean it's getting that talent to get on the front foot. And, and as you said, like if you want to release that kind of talent, you need to be going forward, don't you, in the forward, in the forward battle? Oh, there's, no, there's no question. The game is the game is all about the game line and win, winning those physical those physical contacts. Like a, the Leinster A team came down earlier in the year and, and, and took the Eagles apart. And the Eagles have been playing really good rugby this year, but the, the quality of the, of the Leinster A team was... was just outstanding. It's one of the best displays I've seen in an awful long time. So Connacht need to make sure that you know that front five does a huge job in getting themselves on the front foot at the back line, smash everything that comes anywhere near them. Um, and you'd expect some of the the, the ex Leinster players to be really up for this. The likes of Peter Robb, Niadi Loken, who's on fire. Uh, Matt Healy might even come back into the frame now. Another ex Leinster player. So they, they'd be guys who'd be wanting to prove a point to their to their um, former province that um, look what you've missed, guys. With a view towards this weekend, I've noticed of late, and I've I have this feeling since 2016, Alan, that that 
result was a line in the stand in the Leinster Connacht fixture for from a Leinster perspective. It's been five wins for Leinster and in different type of ways. Last year was a little bit, and I'm going to use the word humiliating because when you're leading by that much, 17 points with 11 minutes to go, I don't think it's too strong a word to say it despite the amazing performance in the RDS. Feel free to disagree with me. And I think that was part of, part of the thing was, and, and it's something that, that seems to have been addressed in the meantime, the Connacht bench wasn't capable of finishing that game out. The Connacht bench at yeah, the weekend I, finished I the game out. And, the, and that, there's a huge possibly, amount of learning taken from say that. That 17-point margin is such an unusual type of uh, lead to lose that it does rankle. And it certainly has rankled with Connacht. They may not use words like humiliation for sure, but they were certainly were stung by it. And, it. and what was so ironic about it, Alan, was... It was an amazing display. Despite, besides that, it was possibly for 65 minutes the best display of the entire season. And that is saying something because Connacht had some great wins during the campaign. There's no question. And again, looking at the team that they'd put out, it wasn't the strongest team that they'd put out. Um, and, mm. and to go to the RDS, which is a real a real bogey mm. location for, for Connacht, um, you know, to, to play the way they did and, and how they played was was brilliant. And it was just really unfortunate that a couple of silly mistakes and, and losses of concentration and, and they let a really and, and it also showed the power of Leinster and, and the Leinster quality of Leinster well, of they, like they yeah, were brilliant and they never yeah. gave up and they you know they, they have an ability to keep going you have to play you have to play the whole game against Leinster you can't just sort of ease off at any point but as I say I think you know if you look at last week's game and the game against Cheetahs last week brought on mm. you know uh, Conor Kenny made his debut a couple of other guys had less than less than 10 caps still managed to shut the game down away from home. But yeah. just just to get back to the point, um, Leinster's domination of the fixture seems pretty strong. That 20 points to three victory at the sports ground last year was as impressive an away team display as I've seen in Goy going way back, going back to the Champions Cup in the previous campaigns two or three years ago when Toulouse came to Goy and did a job mm. on Connick. It was just stunning how, how much they squeezed the life out of us close to full strength that day. But I think it was a really interesting early kind of baptism of fire for Andy Friend to what Interpros were as well. Yeah, yeah, they they were massively impressive that day. Connacht could not get on the front foot. That was a day when when you know the domination of the gain line was all about Leinster and, and their their mm. quality players. And again, it was at a time when you know, Ireland were flying and all these most of these guys were playing on the Ireland team and everything was going well. And they they played a very similar type game to to the Irish game um, at the time. The question is, can they replicate that now? Um, they've had two away wins, but they were both against Italian sides who were stripped of all their international players. So it was, you know, a 50-50 type scenario and they, they only won by five points and three points. You know, myself and Danny did some did some stats. The, the big stat from last weekend was there was only one one tackle missed out of 128. That's, that's some belief in a defensive system when you've made 10 changes for in the 23. So nearly half the team had changed or the squad had changed and you still only miss one tackle. We won't say who it was, the try scorer at the first try, but we won't say who it was. <laughs> That's the problem with near perfection. It makes people focus on the perfection. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, near perfection was certainly was. And Pete Wilkins can take a bow because, you know, maybe just for a split second, just to underline uh, when things are going well, he's he's been a great addition. He's a very interesting guy to listen to, I find, when mm -hmm. he gets to chat to him every so often in one of his um, Captain's Runs interviews. Just a reminder, folks, again, another reason to be on Patreon is every Friday 
uh, morning, isn't that right, Alan? Or every game day morning or the day before the game, they yeah. may get this uh, captain's run interview. So it'll be out actually the day before the game, uh, which is that extra little bit of access for Goa Bay FM that we also have up on our Patreon site here on Craggy Rugby. So just the kind of insight that you're just not going to get with too many Pro 14 teams. And we appreciate those opportunities to talk to them. And there's always that little bit more to talk about when the team's been announced. So do stick to that. We don't have much more time, Alan, which is a pity because we could talk about this game forever. It's yep. a really interesting game. Am I right in saying it is hugely significant? Like, even though the Champions Cup is around the corner, even though Connacht have banked enough wins and points to call this start to the campaign, and correct me if I'm wrong here now, but I'm saying it, a success. This game is huge, and it's, it, it's a really, really good opportunity to get a, a major victory. It's a home game, and they need to win all their home games. I know uh, Andy Friend's got a, you know, they want 85% plus victories in in home matches which means they can only lose three matches all season and they don't want this to be the first one so I, I think it's a mm. huge game it'll show them where they are Leinster will have some of their Ireland stars back um, with a team that's flying um, they're 5-0 and so you know it's it's a, it's a real test and Connacht as you will say will want to break that sort of feeling that Leinster have got on top of them over the last, since since the, the championship win and, and get another win under their belt. Right. Get your sky control or whatever the free TV or whatever else it is. I, I lose track of all these. But get yourself ready here because here's William Davis with all the fixtures of the weekend. And this will tell you what you need to be pressing record on. Sit down. Get it done. Here's William Davis. Round six of the Pro 14 starts next Friday evening. The 8th of November, two games, both kicking off at 7.35pm. Edinburgh versus Dragons and Connacht versus Leinster at the sports ground. On Saturday at 3pm, Ospreys versus Southern Kings. Also at 3pm, Zebra versus Glasgow Warriors. Cardiff Blues versus Cheetahs, 5.15pm. Munster versus Ulster, 5.15pm and Scarlets versus Benetton at 7.35pm. All those kickoff times are Irish time. All three of Connacht's European opponents are in action in the final weekend before the European Champions Cup starts. On Saturday, Gloucester entertains Saracens with a 3pm start. And in France, Montpellier are away to Toulon with a 2.30pm kickoff. And Toulouse entertain ASM Clermont Auvergne at 7:45 p.m. Those times again are Irish times. And that's it. The full crew on the podcast coming up at the weekend. Friday night rugby, extended terraces, Connacht and Leinster. Have to say the Cheetahs game uh, to commentate on a couple of weeks ago it was one of the best games uh, I've I've uh, commentated on at Sports Ground for quite some time really enjoyable uh, game to be to be involved in. so I'm just kind of getting this kind of uh, buzz now that we could be uh, <laughs> we could be in for another great night and even if not it being an interprovincial and if it turns out to be a 6-5 dar battle Connacht are on the right side of it it'll be great it certainly will I, yeah there's people's people are worse People at my work still talking about that Cheetahs game and, and the atmosphere and the buzz really? and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's really excellent. So there, as always, there's a huge interest in an interprovincial. So the the um the ticket the ticket draw that I do is always much bigger for a Leinster game than it is for the normal <laughs> normal Pro 14 <laughs> match. But yeah, real buzz going around and and um there's lots there's lots of stuff going on. The World Cup is now over, so we're getting back into the 
what I love, the real rugby, as I call it. <laughs> no more show. This is the real stuff. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for the weekend. <laughs> All right, that's it from us. Uh, we'll be back in a few days' time. Thanks for listening, folks. Get on Patreon, follow us, support us, all that stuff, and tell your friends. That's the best way to support us, if, if no other way. Talk to you soon. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side.